Hello, and welcome to Carol's Coffee House, a place where Catholic singles in their 20s and 30s can grow in community and deepen their spiritual life. I'm Sarah. I'm Maura. Pull up a chair and let's get chatting. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Carol's Coffee House. This week is very special because I have a friend of mine who has agreed to help me co-host this episode because Mora is actually out of town this week. And I really didn't want to make you guys have to listen to me talking to myself for an episode. So I asked my really good friend, Tyler, to come on the podcast with me and have a discussion today. Hi, Tyler. Hello. It's so good to be here. (laughs) I'm so glad you're here. Guys, Tyler is my in real life friend from back home in Nebraska. Tyler and I have known each other for a long time. A long time. So we met, it was my junior year of high school. Mm -hmm. Holy cow, that was a long time ago. (laughs) A really long time ago. Junior year of high school. I didn't know you as well as I know you now, obviously. But I remember like we were, we were running around. We did a lot of diocesan events together. Mm -hmm. Um, We went to different Catholic high schools within the diocese, but we did a lot of events, the same events. And then I think we really, we became really good friends when we were both working in youth ministry. Mm -hmm. That's when we (laughs) We created a support group. (laughs) Yeah. We started our wine club. Shout out to our wine club round table. They, um, that was our young adult youth minister support group. Yep. Wine nights. What a great time. We've had so good. many a good time in our support that was, groups. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, those nights were kind of a relief because we just got to be together and have real discussions with people our own age instead of focusing on you know our job at hand which you can Mm -hmm. obviously get sucked into so easily in youth ministry so it was it was that like we said like that support group where we could just talk freely and have fun and sometimes vent about the day oh for sure well it was it was always so interesting too because we all had different things that we were struggling with within our jobs we had very similar jobs within different different parishes but yeah it was just really interesting the struggles that we all encountered within our jobs and so it was really yeah it was really great to be able to come together and yeah vent about the day or ask for help or opinions, or really just drink wine. (laughs) (laughs) Drink wine, have fun, you know, um, eat good food. We did eat good food. Those are always the best food. Mm -hmm. So all that to say, Sarah and I are good friends. We are good friends. We're real life friends. Real life friends. Yeah. I also have to say, I haven't seen you in a little while. Tyler, your beard looks so good. (laughs) (laughs) thank you (laughs) i haven't seen you in a while but i it really it i wish you guys could see this tyler's got a fantastic beard going yeah the the best compliment that i've gotten is actually from a current co-worker and he called my beard majestic and i was like majestic is like the pinnacle of compliments for a beard so 
I I would really appreciated that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would say it is indeed majestic. Like it's a step up from Lumberjack. It's a little past Lumberjack, but it's not quite at like Wizard yet. Yeah. That yes, Wizard. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I could ever do Wizard, especially in Nebraska summer heat. I Oh, yeah. I think I would melt away. Yeah. Or as a as my mother says, your beard is starting to look a little homeless right now, which means go mm-hmm. trim it up. <laughs> so, gosh, I think the last time you were clean shaven was probably high school too. Yeah, or the seminary. The Except seminary. For maybe you... the seminary. Yeah. Yeah. After that, I'm pretty sure I walked out of the seminary and never shaved again. <laughs> uh huh. I would. I. I think that's right. I think that's true. Like, You've always had something. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well. I'm super glad that you decided to come and talk with me this week. This is, you're a really good friend. And so, and I know that you have a lot of youth ministry experience. Tyler and I have been through Totus Tuus together, youth ministry, you name it. We've like, there's been, there's been a lot of, a lot of things that we've done within the Catholic church, within our diocese. And Mm-hmm. Um, it's also just really cool that I can say that I still keep in contact with some, like I'm good friends with someone that I knew in high school. Right. Yeah. And I, I think that it goes back to that idea of when you go through a tough situation with someone, I feel like that brings you closer together as friends. Cause you're mm-hmm. like, you know, exactly what I went through mm-hmm. and like what we're going through right now. And I, I really feel like some days in youth ministry are like that, where you're like, I could go talk to my parents about this, my siblings, but they don't understand mm-hmm. what's going on. Like, they don't yeah. understand this. And so that's why it was especially good. And like, it's the same for Totus Tuus. There were some oh. days that you were just so tired. You just had to laugh. Like, you're just like, what is this life? And no one understood except the people in Totus Tuus. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. To- yeah. Totus Tuus and youth ministry are both very, very uh, specific scenarios that you mm-hmm. can't really explain to anyone else, or at least like you can try, but they won't be able to understand or relate to because they are so different. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Totus Tuus, what a time. What a time to be alive. so good (laughs) we were never I don't think we were ever that I remember on the same team we're never on on the same team but um not even like at the same parish together I don't think we were okay so our one year we weren't at the same parish but our last our last parish was in friend and yours was in Crete or Fairbury that sounds and right. so we, our teams met in the middle at a park. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Just for like a couple hours, just to be like, can we please just talk Hang. to human beings? Yeah. Yep. So I'm pretty I sure do. we just like swang and talked. Just got so. away. Got out of the bubble. Oh. Yeah. yeah. But. Anywho, <laughs> anywho, yeah, we should probably we should probably record a podcast. Uh, <laughs> are you ready to hear our espresso shot for this episode? I'm so ready. All right, sounds good. Our espresso shot today comes from the patron of this podcast, actually, John Paul II. 
And uh, this quote is from a book that he wrote called Crossing the Threshold of Hope. And in it, he says, God desires the salvation of man. He desires that humanity find that fulfillment to which he himself has destined it. And Christ has the right to say that his yoke is easy and his burden in the end, light. So good. Mm-hmm. That's so good. So fun fact about this book that I pulled the quote from, Crossing the Threshold of Hope. So John Paul II did write this book. He wrote everything in here, but it was originally going to be an interview by this, by this journalist he was going to interview Pope John Paul II. And so he sent him a list of questions that they were going to discuss. I think it was going to be televised for the first time ever. And then on the visit that this interview was supposed to happen, it was too busy and last minute it fell through. So he wasn't able to meet with the Holy Father. And then one day he gets a message from the Pope saying, I'm sorry we weren't able to sit down and talk, but I still have these questions that you were going to ask me. And I was very compelled by them. I was very interested about them. And so over the last few months, I've been just like writing down the answers to these questions in my spare time, in these spare minutes, because I think they're important. I think people need to hear this. And so he sent it to this journalist and that's how this book came to be. So it's really- Yeah, so it's really cool. I got goosebumps. See that? Right? I got goosebumps. (laughs) There they are. There they are. But that is, yeah, so that's really cool. There's a lot of, so every chapter is is him answering a different question. And he he does such a good job answering all these questions. But this, this answer was in a section called Be Not Afraid, which was, which is something that he is very known for saying. Anyway. God desires the salvation of man. I just love that it it really shows the the beauty of both creator, the relationship of the creator and the beloved, and like mm-hmm. how Christ was fully man, and yet he was still fully God. And in that last per- part, where Christ has the right to say that his yoke is easy and his burden in the end, like, like he is our God and he dictates, I have the right to take this on for you and bring you salvation earned, not earned, doesn't matter, but I have that right as your creator. I just, mm-hmm. I think that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that he desires he desires that humanity find that fulfillment to which he himself has destined it. Like we are, we are, that's another, that's a, that's a Pope Benedict quote, right? We are, we are made, we're not made for comfort. We are made for greatness mm-hmm. to find that fulfillment to which he himself has, has destined it. Yes. And, and God as a creator wants us to be happy being happy though doesn't always mean easy doesn't always mean we get what we want sometimes the road to happiness is it can be challenging like that yoke that we have to carry that burden that sometimes he offers to us 
it can be challenging. It can't be, it can be daunting a little bit or just the idea that Christ can lay a path in front of us. We talked about this in our, our last episode, but that Christ can lay a path in front of us and we can look down at it and go, <laughs> this is not going to be easy. But that road leads to that fulfillment that, that he is destined to us. And we know that that path is like, it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be the best version of what God's wanting us to be. Mm-hmm. And that is always the hard part is yep. like, I know this is not easy, but I know that this is the road to true happiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He desires that humanity find that fulfillment and the ways that he offers. I love the beauty and the complexity of that, of how the way that God offers to us, the ways in which he sets paths in front of us to find that fulfillment. Because sometimes they're, they're good. Sometimes they're, I don't know, you look down a path and it's, you're like, oh, this is going to be great. And then other times you're like, you sure about this? <laughs> really? But he, but in the end, he desires our salvation. He desires our fulfillment and he offers us so many different ways to make sure that we find it. Isn't that's, that's a crazy thought as well is like, we've, we've all worked in these, these jobs and sometimes, especially at our age where we go in entry level, we're just peons, you know, working for the good of the company or the good of the school or whatever. And to think like the person at the very, very top, the person getting paid the most money, do they know my name? Do they care who I am? Am I just a number to them? You know, whatever. Like, I think that's a real world example of what I would see as this is like, does the superintendent, does the CEO even know who I am? Like I work for this company, but do they even know who I am? And to know, like, in this situation where God desires the salvation of man, that is exponentially higher of like, God is looking down and I'm, I'm just a, a peon. And like, I'm just one of so many. And at the same time, he knows my name. He's numbered the hairs on my head. And like, he wants my salvation just Mm -hmm. as much as he wants yours and everyone listening, you know, like Mm -hmm. he, he desires that salvation for us. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Yeah. I know. So good. Yeah. That his book had a couple of really, really great sections in it. That that whole section that I pulled this quote from was really good. Oh, this is a really cool section. And this goes a little bit with our topic that we're going to talk about, but it says, you observe that contemporary man finds it hard to return to faith because he is afraid of the moral demands that faith makes upon him. And this, to a certain degree, is the truth. The gospel is certainly demanding. We know that Christ never permitted his disciples and those who listened to him to entertain any illusions about this. On the contrary, he spared no effort in preparing them for every type of internal or external difficulty. 
always aware of the fact that they might well decide to abandon him. Therefore, if he says, be not afraid, he certainly does not say it in order to nullify in some way that which he has required. Rather, by these words, he confirms the entire truth of the gospel and all the demands it contains. It was too big for a shot. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll have to get my hands on that book and really dig into it. It's really, yeah, it's really good there. I mean, and there's like, it it covers a broad spectrum of questions. Like every chapter, um, does God really exist? The centrality of salvation. Why does God tolerate suffering? Why so many religions? Buddha? (laughs) A minority by the year 2000. What is the new evangelization? Is there really hope in the young? And so... He's so smart, too. He references so many historical events. This is so this was back in the 90s, too. But everything he says is so relevant. But he does a really good job of relating back to, like, even when he was going through the trials of communism, um, mm. which, is, which is really cool, too. But, yeah, it's a good book. Highly recommend. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with that is a good is a good segue to going on to our main topic of the day which is something that i think we can all relate to tyler had the idea of being able to talk about as young adults who are catholic how to live out our faith in a very secular modern world I think that's something that everybody has struggled with. Everyone encounters that in some way, shape or form. And I think it's good to share some of those struggles and to try and navigate through those difficult situations of like the norms of society and how we can still stay true to our faith, but also being able to have fun. That's what I think is Yeah. I really think the idea I think about is like everyone experiences this in some way and some more than others where I guess just in my own profession of education like you know teaching in a private religious school is going to be different than teaching in a low income public school we all understand that and I even think living out my faith to those kids and my coworkers because I'm not just pointed at one or the other, but my prayer after every mass is in everything I do show the face of Christ. Mm -hmm. And that has no stipulations on it in everything I do. And so that means to everyone I meet and everyone I talk to, whether they're a coworker, co-teacher the superintendent, you know, the student sitting in the back texting, you know, like every single person deserves to see the face of Christ. So. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Is it St. Therese? One of them. <laughs> Therese of Lisieux, I wish to be an instrument in the hand of God. Or like mm-hmm. a pen. Yeah. You're just the pen. He's the writer. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's the hardest thing sometimes is how, how you can reflect, you know, we are made in the image and likeness of God. And so how to reflect being mindful of that, especially Mm -hmm. I'm too afraid to hang a rosary in my car because of road rage. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Confession time with Sarah. <laughs> uh, but I am very cautious. I have a I have a tech cross actually. Ever since I've ever been on tech, every car I have ever driven has a tech cross hanging from the rearview mirror. Tech is a tech is a national retreat for high schoolers. Stands for Teens Encounter Christ. Great retreat. It was my come to Jesus moment. <laughs> anyway, uh, but on the retreat, you get a cross and that one of those crosses has always hung in my car. But yeah, I'm v- so I'm very conscious of that because that is an outward sign of my faith. People see that hanging from my review mirror and they know that I'm at least a Christian. Mm-hmm. If they see a rosary, they'll know I'm Catholic and being very mindful of like even just those little signs is something that reflects Jesus is present in that Jesus is significant in that person's life. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing that I found really prevalent in my faith journey, even like moving out of Lincoln, Western Nebraska, I live in a small town. And so you become friends with who you have most in common with. Yep. which isn't always someone of the same faith, yep. which in my opinion is awesome. That just makes discussion so rich and like you get to learn from everyone. And I think that going, going into friendships and especially like adult friendships are hard. They're hard. They're hard to find adult friendships yep. and that are good and true and you're building each other up like those are those are really hard and so trying to find those people that you naturally connect with and can build you up spiritually it's hard to find those but also I think part of it is knowing that you as a person I as a person don't have all the answers and so everyone that I meet I can learn from whether it's about their own religion or you know sometimes they have questions about my religion. I'm like, gosh, I don't even know. I have to figure that out. Like, Mm -hmm. so that's, that's one of the big culture shocks. What is very nice. What is very convenient for me is I wouldn't say the Catholic church is very prevalent in my small town, but I would say 99% of the people out there are Christian and Mm -hmm. that that's at least a good foothold to start conversations on because that's kind of like one of those big steps. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, because I think that when you do live out your faith, that shows in your lifestyle. Like when you talk about, Oh, how was your weekend? Oh, good. You know, went to church, you know, like, you're like, it's always fun when you, when you talk to someone new that maybe is in your life and they, they mention it first. That's always, yeah, that's always really cool to talk to people and see how other people live out their faith. Because I think that's a goal, right? If we do it, if we do it right, people like be able to tell by the way a person lives, ideally. 
mm-hmm. that they have those values, that they believe in God, that they take their faith seriously. That's yeah. the ideal. Not always, doesn't always happen, but. The ideal, right? We yeah. all strive to be better. I think everyone can exactly. be better and better. But I like what you said about being able to find someone that you can connect with and also spiritually build them up and have those relationships because that is important. I can't remember the first time I heard this analogy, but they talked about what happens if you take a heaping pile of coals, these glowing coals, and you take one off of a pile and set it off by itself. What happens to that coal? It goes out, it dies. But if you take that same coal, put it back on the glowing embers, the pile, it, be, it begins to get warm again. It, it, it retains that heat. And together that heat becomes so intense that you can set it, that it can, it can set a fire, mm-hmm. you can have a flame come from it. And I think that, I mean, we do, we're not meant to live this life, to live this faith alone. We need each other. We need accountability. And so when you can find those friends who help you with that, it's awesome, but it is very challenging, mm-hmm. especially as a young adult. Cause I feel like in high school, we both went to, we both went to Catholic high schools. Um, you went to Catholic colleges. <laughs> yeah. And I went to a, a college that had a really solid human center. But when you work in a professional kind of a situation and you try to find the like community there maybe to invest in, um, it's very, it can be challenging. That's where you encounter more people with different morals and values. Right. Mm-hmm. I was going to say the, one of the things that I was not prepared for is how, like I said, how difficult it was just to make adult friends because you actively have to seek them out. And when we lived in Lincoln, you know, somehow we, I don't know, I don't know, you can't really say how you became friends, but you just had this group. And I know that you felt it when you went out to the East Coast and I felt it even coming out to Western Nebraska. It's like, oh man, there's something different. There's like, I actually have to work at making friends. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at that point, you're trying to fulfill just a human need of like, I need good, solid people that I can rely on and talk to and build each other up. Mm -hmm. And then like, on top of that, if they just happen to be Christian or, you know, in Western Nebraska, I would say like, I have a wide variety of friends that are not Catholic and actually two of them that I'm closest with are LDS, the Latter-day Saints and uh, Mormons. And so we had some really good discussions and never once in my life did I think I would go to uh, LDS service, but you know, they invited me and I was like, heck yeah, I want to see like, you and I connect on a human level. Mm-hmm. So like, why wouldn't I want to see this very important part of your life? Mm-hmm. And I just, I think that's a good thing to do and a good thing to see. I think even 
I mean, obviously, and they obviously know you're Catholic. So what I love about that situation, like it's an actual friendship that isn't motivated by, I'm going to bring them into the church either, like either direction. I love that. It's just a friendship. And I love that you were able to share in something in order to understand them better. I think that says a lot when your friends can do that, even if they know that you're not going to be hundred percent on board with maybe like all the teachings, just being able to understand them a little better is invaluable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's one of the things that opened my eyes is like, you hear a lot of, this is what that religion teaches. And this is what that religion teaches. And you know, whatever and I was like I started thinking like is that true I I guess I just take everyone's word for it but going and seeing some of these services and Mm. just digging in for yourself and hearing it from them you know it it kind of opens your eyes to be like well some of that's true but you know I especially I will say this the the biggest topic is abortion and you know when we would pray outside the abortion clinic there would be i i think there would be like 99 percent catholics right Mm -hmm. but what i've seen is like there's so many christian denominations that don't believe in abortion Mm -hmm. and i'm like that's so weird because i would i would have never thought that just from my own little experience in lincoln you know I would not have seen that as a truth that unless I would have gone out and, you know, had discussions with some of these people and with the pastors and it's just, it's just cool. It is surprising what you can find that you actually have common ground, but you have to go outside your bubble. You have to go outside your circle to find out those things. Yeah. Because yeah, it's really easy just to like stay in your comfort zone, right? Because well, I know that these people believe exactly what I believe in. So I'm just going to like stay over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's amazing what can happen when you can find common ground with people. Or even, you know, like you, you mentioned pro-life. I mean, there are people out there who maybe they don't even believe in God, but they just think that abortion is wrong. It's murder. And that's something that they stand for. True. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's a really good point. Because that's that's another thing that I've seen more and more of is like, even with atheists or agnostics, they still hold some of the same ethical values as you when like the theological ones are not in sync at all. But yeah, like, yeah. Still find like you said that common ground and at the end of the day like the discussions i've had about my catholic faith versus whatever other religion they are it brings us closer together because we know at the end of the day we're friends and like we we want to know more about each other or else we wouldn't even discuss this stuff so yeah i think um the other component of it of what I see in 
in my own life, my current situation, I guess, is that in public school, generally, you're obviously not supposed to talk about faith or God. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I will say in in small towns, it's a little loosey-goosey. You really aren't supposed to in public settings, but, you know, most of those kids are Christian, so mm-hmm. it's fine. Mm-hmm. And we, we actually had an FCA group, a fellowship of Christian athletes. Yeah. Okay. And where they just got, we got together and kind of read Bible verses on Wednesday mornings and mm-hmm. just talked about what was going on in the week and kind of, it was kind of like just a nice little Bible study mm-hmm. between teachers and students. And I thought that was so cool because then throughout the week, you could really like hold each other accountable because you're, you were kind of on a different level of familiarity with those few people, you know, Mm -hmm. but I always wanted to make sure people knew that the, my main, my main goal was to spread joy through everything. And Mm -hmm. a lot of people see it as positivity and that's great. I think they're very similar obviously joy and positivity are very similar but they're not the same and I just think that when you know Jesus and you're actively working to know him better I feel like a fruit of that is just joy absolutely you have this good news that you need to share with people and at the at the very base of it at the very very base they will know that I have the joy within me Mm -hmm. and I want to show that to others. So it's like this quote, the preach the gospel at all times. And then if necessary, use words, man, I could preach the gospel telling knock, knock jokes or, you know, (laughs) like asking, asking a kid how his English test went. I, I can spread the gospel through unconventional ways because at the base of it, I just wanted to let people know I was joyful. And then they would start asking, why is he so happy all the time? Like, right. what, what does he have that I don't have? Or Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I will say this. It's going to be a little bit mushy, but Tyler, you are a friend. You in particular are somebody in my life that I automatically think of of this any time that I have ever encountered you, ever in our whole <laughs> way back to the high school years, any time that I have encountered you, I have always walked away from our encounter feeling so much better and so much happier. Like you, you have that kind of, you do, you have that joy, you have that warmth. And there is something about people like that, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, where when you see that joy, peace in particular is coming to mind right now peace and warmth and joy exactly what you said what is it about what do they have that I don't what am I missing how can I get to that point and it draws out this natural curiosity whether whatever your walk of life is 
whatever situation you find yourself in, if you're agnostic, atheist, fallen away Christian, whatever that might be, when you encounter someone with true joy and peace, we are written and created that way. We want true beauty and goodness we desire those things. We are naturally wired to seek those things. And so when you find somebody who reflects that, you look at them and you say, all right, I'll have what he's having. How do I get there? <laughs> <laughs> That's good. <laughs> what are they having? Yeah. Give me two of those. <laughs> yeah. No, I thank you. Thank you for saying that. Absolutely. I, I think that we all have those people and I would, I would, echo all that to you as well you have this idea of like every every chance every encounter i have with someone i i have this internal dialogue in my head of like i can either bring them closer to christ or push them farther away and like it's it's one of two options right so you know, that age old saying of like, leave everything better than you found it. Well, I want to have people walk away better than they, when they came to me in, in little ways, in really little ways Mm -hmm. or big ways, you know, whatever. But I don't want them to be able to say, oh man, that Tyler is a real jerk. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) well, I've never thought that of you. So I love, I love how you also focus on, you also have this like great talent of being able to read a person. And I think that's important. Like, as you said, that, that quote, preach the gospel at all times, if necessary, use words. And I think that there is so much beauty in someone who can look at a person and read them and know what they need to see the gospel, to see Jesus in you and how you can do that, whatever that might look like. If that's, hey, how is your English class today? Or, hey, how can I help you with this thing? Or tell me about this. Do you want to say a prayer really quick? Whatever that looks like, there are so many ways that you can do that, that you can reflect the love of God so that people can see it even if it's somebody who might not recognize the love of God, if they don't know Jesus yet. Mm-hmm. I have a, it makes me think of, so I I'm doing some private tutoring right now. Mm-hmm. And this girl came in, her name's Olivia. And um, we got off on the wrong foot because I accidentally called her grace, which is the girl after her. And so anyway, she's a, a freshman. She hates school, especially hates math class. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the first session was all about like, tell me about your life. Tell me about school. Do you love school? Do you hate school? Do you want to get better? Are you doing this because your parents are making you whatever? We went through all those questions. Anyway, mm-hmm. so the next time she came in, I was like, okay, let's get your math book. Let's start talking. Like, let's do this. We're going to get after it. And it was kind of like dragging a kid, kicking and screaming, you know, just like go and go and go. 
at one point I was like, I just, I just have to tell you, I just really have to tell you something. She's like, what? <laughs> She's like, are you going to tell a joke again? <laughs> no. <laughs> I said, I just have to tell you, if no one has told you this ever in your life, I think you're smart and I think you can do this. And she's like, well, you're the only one. And I was like, that's fine. But if I'm the only one, then I want to say it out loud that you know that I think you're smart and you're capable of this. And I wanted to say it so that you knew that and you knew my thoughts. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, like all the teachers really hate me in school. And I was like, okay, I don't, I don't think that's true you know it can come off like that and we just had like a really good heart to heart and that's what she needed at that moment and from that point on until the end of the year just last week she came in and she was ready to work but also we would start out our tutoring sessions with just like a little life update how did the week go how are your friends how are your enemies quote unquote like um <laughs> uh, i just want to i wanted to know her before we ever got to academics and one one of the things that she said one of our last sessions together was she was like okay tyler you're like the most annoyingly positive person i know <laughs> and i looked at her and i was like that is the nicest compliment someone's ever given to me. And she goes, you see, this is exactly why I said it. She goes, I just tried to insult you and you went back and turned it into a positive. Oh my gosh. That's hilarious. But that that is like an example of what I would say is there. we never once, not ever once, did we talk about religion at all sure. not once but at the end of it I knew that she knew I was a Christian and I had a joy about me that she didn't have or at least she didn't see that she had and she started asking those questions of how do I how do I get that in my life and I think that you can really see that when they start breaking down and start talking about more than just academics, especially right. in the tutoring sessions of like, this is, you know, this is what my aunt does and this is what my mom does and my brother's annoying and da, 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 da. you know, like when they feel comfortable enough with you, I believe that that's truly like God trying to knock on their heart and being like, this, this is a person that's going to lead you to me. So like, yeah. take it take the opportunity yeah but olivia not grace olivia not grace she's olivia. one of my favorites it's important oh there the beautiful thing about that there are many beautiful things about what you just shared but the beautiful thing about that is she i mean yeah she's gonna remember you she's going to remember her tutor tyler the one person who ever like who shared joy with her and who's like sometimes just as a person you want to be seen 
mm-hmm. want someone to see you, not their impression. It's it's it sounds like this particular girl is very hard, especially if she has parents, teachers, friends telling her negativity and hardening her heart more and the fact that you were willing to look at her look her in the eye and say I see you you are smart you can do this like the one thing that she is probably hoping to hear at some point from somebody the one thing that she wanted to know most about herself though something that maybe she didn't know about herself and the fact that you were able to see her and speak to her that way because she's never going to forget that yeah and I think that's very true about students in general is like (laughs) they they don't want to be a number they're not just a student ID number they're a person Mm -hmm. that is a student in your school and um makes me a little scared about how many more students are out there like her that oh, don't, yeah. don't get that you know but I think that that going back to kind of living out our faith in a modern modern world like we're called to be those ambassadors to everyone around us and I have a particular job that allows me to spread that joy to a younger generation but I would say mostly, mostly as young adults living our faith, we're spreading that to our immediate coworkers, our immediate friend circle, to our bosses, our male people, the garbage men, you know, anyone we encounter, we have that opportunity and that call to spread the gospel to them. Mm. And it's our choice if we take up that call or not. Yeah. Mother Teresa, do little things with great love. We're not asking for a kidney here. We're just asking for a Mm -hmm. smile on the face. Yeah. So the opposite end of that, again, this is why I'm afraid to hang a rosary in my car because I'm afraid, (laughs) like, I'm a human. I make mistakes. Everybody has bad days everybody's grumpy and I'm afraid that something that I do be like, and that's a Christian, you know? (laughs) Oh, my road rage, man. I got to get a handle on that, but (laughs) different. It's different on the East coast, man. I think, I think we all have road rage. (laughs) Yours probably comes out a little bit more because you're in a bigger city, but um, mine comes out just because, (laughs) just because. Just rage. It takes it takes five minutes to drive to every single place <laughs> in my little town. So oh my gosh, that's amazing. What's that like? Yeah. I know what that's like. I used to live in a small town. So. <laughs> I was gonna say that's where you're from. It's <laughs> so nice. Oh. I really appreciate how you in particular, like with your work with your students or just people that you, that you interact with and just people that you encounter every day are able to take that small moment and make it beautiful and show Christ like that glimmer of faith because they've encountered you. And I think that looks different. Like we're called to do that in different ways. And I love the beauty that sometimes God puts the right people in your path 
because you need to encounter them or sometimes they need to encounter you and those opportunities that you have to share the gospel, to reflect the love of God to them. It's also really easy to miss those opportunities. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think, and one thing that we haven't really touched on yet, but like, and keeping all this in mind that this is a, a balancing act. It's not just pour out, pour out, pour out, give, 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 and go pray yourself away. You know, like, yeah. like you have to have those strong people in your own life, which kind of brings us back to that idea of youth ministry. Like, as youth ministers across the board, we gave and gave and gave to our churches, to our kids, to our yeah. parents, to our coworkers, everything we gave and gave and gave and gave mm-hmm. and to recharge, we came together and yeah. it was, ne- it was not so much about giving or taking at that point, but like together we were recharging and mm. bringing that joy and the gospel to each other, you know, it's just reminding ourselves like why we're doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, well, yeah, it's kind of like a, like, that's what a retreat is, right? When you're, I'm not like a war person, you know this, but <laughs> the strategic- I'm so excited. I'm so excited <laughs> for what you're about to say. So whatever it is. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you said retreat and then you started on war. I am so <laughs> He's amped. He's in it. The, the strategy behind a retreat- is when you're fighting and you're losing, right? That's what a retreat is. You are fighting a battle and things are not going well, my friend, and you need to pull back. That's what you do. You're losing. You call retreat. You come back. You regroup. You rest. You relax. You get stronger so that you can go back out there and win. <laughs> you go back there and you keep fighting the fight. That's the, that's the strategy behind an actual retreat when you're in battle. I always, and I don't know, maybe you've thought this too, like when you've gone on retreats, like if it's a good one, you're like, I wish I could stay here forever. Mm -hmm. But we're not meant to live our lives in retreat. You know, it's good to do once in a while, but we're in a fight. You can't just pull back forever and run away. You have to go back out there and fight. And that was the beautiful thing about like whatever part we were in, in youth ministry, whatever we were going through, maybe someone was having a great time. Most of the time we all had something that we wanted to share and get off of our chests, but there were also such good things too. And it's important to be able to pull back from the fight that we were fighting. It's a very specific fight and be able to regroup, recharge, rest, vent usually. Vent, yeah. But libations <laughs> wine was always involved <laughs> wine was always involved and on top of that I feel like that's why we got so close to each other is that we I don't want to make it sound like we were just venting the whole time because yeah. that was that was a part of it but it was also what do we call it the hot seat or the yes, hot seat <laughs> that was totally that part of our time together was just to get to know each other on a human level. 
It had nothing to do with youth ministry, our jobs, or what we did or didn't do, anything like that. It was like, Sarah, you're in the hot seat, so we're going to fire questions at you because Uh we want to get to know you better. And we want to know what's going on in your life on a human level, not on an optional, yeah, what's happening in your job right now. The hot seat. The hot seat. (laughs) Rapid fire questions. Now, I want to say it was usually only the four of us. There were a few times that we allowed other people come to our meetings. One of them was Sarah's brother, Blaze. <laughs> oh, Blaze. He's so he mysterious. Came, he got in the hot seat even. <laughs> he did. So- and he handled it like a pro. I was so proud. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> side note. I'm six years older than him. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure six years or six years between us, but that's how you know you're the old person at the party when you go to one and then your brother who's recently 21 comes up with a six pack to the same party you're at and you're like, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> uh, I should not be here. <laughs> uh, this is my cue to leave. Let the youngsters <laughs> have their fun. Oh gosh. The nice part about that time in particular that we were all youth ministers at the same time, we were all the same age. We had so much in common and to be able to pull back together and just whatever that looked like, whether it was sometimes, yes, venting, but also just being able to laugh and share joy Mm -hmm. and just be, it was just nice to know that you weren't alone. Mm-hmm. And that was a really, really rewarding part of our of, of that group. Because again, our jobs are so specific, nobody else can really understand. And so, and we want to be seen. And mm-hmm. you know and you can relate. And there's a lot of comfort in that. Mm-hmm. So so I think one of the reasons why we keep talking about this wine club, wine club round table is it was very paradoxical to like a modern world friendship, relationship, whatever, mm-hmm. because mo- most of our communication was face to face. It was being in the same room, sharing those moments together in a real space versus mm-hmm you know, Facebook and Twitter and text message and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. We've resorted to that now because we're so spread out across the country, but like Mm -hmm. it was so unique because I can't say that I had that same relationship with a lot of people where like I actually got to talk to them face to face where it wasn't just, I don't know, an electronic communication or all those modern conveniences that are all good you know but having that face-to-face opportunity to be with each other yeah I always loved diocesan events where we would all be chaperones (laughs) (laughs) chaperones Uh, but yeah like that support means so much and so I'm so thankful for that. And we're like, I mean, we're bonded for life. We still have, yeah, we are. We are scattered across the country now and we still find time to connect. It's not, it's not easy 
but it's really good to reconnect because we've shared that and it's a bond that you don't forget. And so you got to find your team out there. Yeah. Like we've talked a lot about in particular, like our close knit group of people, because we were doing similar jobs. We believe (laughs) we're all Catholic. So we believe very similar things and it's uh, obviously it's made a profound impact on us and not just in a friendship sense, but also in a very spiritual sense, um, in keeping each other accountable and just being able to <laughs> retreat from the world. And that's a really beautiful thing. I wish that everyone could have their own little wine club <laughs> because it's great. It's very true. So that, yeah, that's probably a good transition into grounds to cover. How can we practically apply what we've talked about today into our lives? So I think some of the practical things is not to be afraid to show your faith externally. It doesn't have to be in their face, in everyone's face of like, yeah, I have 70 rosaries hanging off my belt <laughs> loop, you know, oh, but I wear, I wear a miraculous medal every day mm-hmm. in, inside my shirt. You know, I believe that that is a true part of my heart and I love our mama Mary. And when people ask like what that is around my neck, I, I get to show them, you know, so I think that that is a really, I don't know what you say, like low risk, low risk uh, action. You could hang a rosary in your car. <laughs> Maybe I'll try it out. <laughs> if you don't have road rage. <laughs> Just that kidding. Is- Everyone can hang it in their car, even if you do have road rage. <laughs> even if you have road rage. There's no rules. Do whatever you want. There's no rules. <laughs> and the points don't matter. Yeah, that's oh. right. <laughs> oh, no, that is that is a good one, I think. Because I always like it, actually, when I see rosaries in other people's cars. And it just, it is encouraging in the sense when you see those small signs of a medal or a cross or a rosary, or if you see somebody with a Bible on a table or a prayer book, that's really, that can be really encouraging to be like, okay, I'm not, I'm not alone out here. And this person is outwardly showing their faith in this way, a small way, not in your face, but it's just something Mm -hmm. that I've noticed that they've taken the time to do, to share a little bit of them. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. That's a good one. Find a find a way to externally show your faith. Another thing that I think has a profound impact is just asking people if you can pray for them. If they if they are close enough to you that they are confiding in you about something, mm-hmm. uh, the f- usually the first thing I'll ask is, Hey, can I, can I pray for you tonight? Yeah. You know, like when I do my nighttime prayers, like I would love to pray for you or throughout the week, or yeah. tell me when your interview is for that job. I would love to pray for you during that time. It's a very, I guess it's like 
a little more risk, but still low risk of like, you're offering to pray for me. It's a very like not common thing to do. And yeah, I especially like it when other people offered to pray for me. Like yeah. there's a organization I'm part of called Deborah's Legacy and it's a faith-based house that allows women to move into while they're facing addiction mm. or homelessness or any of that. Anyway, I'm on the board of directors for that. And okay. so a lot of the women that are involved in it, a lot of the people that are involved in it are obviously Christian. And so sometimes when I'm talking to them and I find myself venting, they're like, Hey, do you like, just want to stop and pray for a second? I'm like, yeah, like I do. And even though like we don't necessarily always believe the same things or anything, I'm like, your prayers mean just as much as mine. I just, all that is just such a beautiful thing to me. Such a comfort. That's awesome. I love that. I would also say another, another one would be do a random act of kindness. Something mm. a little bit, something a little bit like above and beyond. Like there's so many ways do a random act of kindness for a stranger, just because it always feels so good when you can just put a little joy in the world, a little bit of hope for humanity. Yeah, absolutely. This might seem really simple, but smile more often. Oh yeah. yeah. That's a good you know, one. I know that sometimes it's really hard to smile on really hard days, mm-hmm. but I always see it as like, even if I'm faking a smile right now, the person that I encounter for a second and a half mm-hmm. doesn't know that. And so maybe that smile can improve their day. Yeah. I can't think of anything else. Uh, form a wine club. You need to find. <laughs> yes. You need to find your own wine club. Oh, find <laughs> or a beer wine. club or bottled water club. Whatever you want to do, find that find that group where you can retreat together. Like yeah. you were saying, Sarah. Like they can retreat together to regroup mm-hmm. and go back out and make the world better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's super important. I'm laughing to myself a little bit because we're recording this at night, but my my co-host Mora does not drink coffee. She drinks tea. What? I know. Here's a fun fact for you, Tyler. <laughs> so many guest hosts that we've had on this podcast do not drink coffee. Just what? funny because it's a coffee house, but I know. <laughs> Thank you for your reaction because you drink coffee. I do. <laughs> yes, and I you do. Know, you know, and so part of me was kind of like, I'm disappointed that we're not recording this early enough in the day where we could both be drinking coffee and I can finally have another coffee drinker on the podcast. <laughs> uh, oh man, that's but, true. So. <laughs> could be coffee even but yeah thank you for being my coffee my coffee and accountability buddy you betcha (laughs) that's fantastic 
And thank you also. Thank you so much for being a guest host on this podcast. It's been really great. It's been really great to, first of all, talk in semi-person, but also uh, to be able to share, to be able to share in this, trying to live out your faith in times where sometimes it's difficult. So I really appreciate you being here. Thank you for saying yes. Yeah. Well, thank you for inviting me. We, every single person lives and learns and sharing that wisdom with other people and the mistakes included, mm-hmm. you know, like that, that just makes everyone else maybe more comfortable to talk about it and to go out and find that group or, you know, mm-hmm. do that thing that they're dreading. So. Yeah. Absolutely. So, and we appreciate you too, listeners. Thank you for tuning in once again this week. We appreciate you. We're praying for you so much. Uh, let us know if you have any feedback for us. And we will catch you next week. Bye. Thanks so much for stopping by Carol's Coffee House this week. We hope you found our conversations to be uplifting and inspiring. We really appreciate all your support and encouragement, and your feedback helps us strive to bring good content to this podcast. So if you have any ideas of topics you'd like to hear more about or are interested in, please reach out to us. You can find us on Twitter at carol underscore podcast or email us at carolscoffeehouse at gmail.com. Have a great week and God bless.